everyone, and welcome to We Blame Harry Styles, a podcast dedicated to the work of musician, model, actor, and icon Harry Styles, as well as his numerous talented collaborators. This week in episode nine, we're going to talk about news and rumors from February so far. My name is Keith. And I'm Gray. And what do we blame Harry for this week? My timeline's sorrowful cries of missing him, my the boyfriend. The mini oh. route. He keeps putting us through many routes this year. Well, praying for some new content in the near, the near future. <laughs> in a similar vein, I'm going to also have to blame Harry for timeline-related things, this time having to see <laughs> people's Marvel slash MCU takes on my timeline. Now, this uh... is not extremely recent, but it's been a while since we've recorded. Listeners, it might not seem like that to you because we just released our One Direction episode fairly recently-ish, but we recorded that a long time before we released it, so to us it's been a while, <laughs> and it's been since we've recorded since I had to see everyone's MCU takes, and I just, it, it, it was just, it was just a little painful. Yeah, I, I had told Key, you know, because Key had been saying for a while, like, I really want Harry to be in the MCU, and I laid it out to key i was like listen did i say that <laughs> okay you did you were like harry's gonna be in the eternals and i was like, i said oh my he God. was going to be i don't know if <laughs> i don't know if harry in the mcu was at the top of my wish list like as our listeners will know i'm a huge marvel fan and that's just gonna become more obvious to you as time goes on and i feel residual guilt about it but i just need to like the things that i like and mm-hmm. i like the mcu and i've spent a lot of time on it this week in particular and you know, I've accepted it. If Harry's going to be in it, I've accepted it, and I think that's great for him. I don't know if it would have been in the top of my wish list of projects, but him working with Chloe Zhao is in the top of my list, so that's where we're at with that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, for me, like, you know, everybody's got their own MCU take, so <laughs> I just, I disagree with most of them, and I just try not to look. Um, but yeah, probably we, smart. we are excited for this episode. The First off, the reaction to the One Direction episode was amazing because that episode was our baby. And we've yes, also... Thank you so much for all the reach out from listeners we've experienced. It's been awesome. Yeah. And we dropped the One Direction episode. Key, how many days after I had top surgery did I get up in like the, mid, the middle of the night and I was like, we can, we can, we can put out the One Direction episode today. <laughs> we, we were like debating it at like five in the morning, right? Like, yeah, something like that because out? I was, I stay up very, very late. So I was awake at five in the morning because I'd never gone to sleep. And he is nocturnal <laughs> right now. And I really I, am. Yeah. He is, he is nocturnal and I was sleeping at very odd hours because, uh, people took boobs off of my body and <laughs> yeah, it was like two days after you had top surgery. yeah it was two days after i had top surgery and we were like should we get it out and there was a point in time where we were like debating like okay key are you done editing because i'm either gonna have energy now or like eight hours from now yeah and i'm so impressed that we managed to get it out because like there was some intense negotiating going on about like is this Who's going to be able to actually like get this episode out there? We wanted it out uh, before I went under, and then it didn't happen. <laughs> anyway, that is very true. Yeah, so uh, we have had an interesting time, and so this episode is just going to be, I feel like, a little bit more uh, low key and casual, just like news related, than very very structured with a main section, just because um, Key and I are both, you know, in our environment 
getting our feet legs no that's not what are you trying to say <laughs> <laughs> we are both in an environment that's true <laughs> we, we both live in an environment <laughs> I, want, I wanted to like help you get to the place where you were going but i just didn't know where you were going and so i couldn't help you say <laughs> <laughs> Oh, fine. <laughs> okay. Yes. Yeah, so this is just a bit more of a laid back episode because uh, we needed to make a more laid back episode. And also a lot of stuff has happened. So yeah, I live in a new city. The movie Harry was on is wrapped. Certain people have certain body parts no longer on them. <laughs> Yay. A lot has happened since we last recorded. Oh, you know, after surgery, I said to Key, I wish that they had taken out my attraction to Liam when they were digging around in there. And then, uh, unfortunately, that's that's a different <laughs> it's a different type of surgery. So That's got to be one of my favorite things you've ever said. <laughs> I really appreciate that. Okay. Uh, now a brief break from shitposting and on to the news. So... Uh, Key, do you want to start out with what happened at the beginning of the month? Yeah, so February 1st, a very special day in the hearts of every Harry. Um, And that is, of course, Harry's birthday. So a bunch of people posted for Harry's birthday. It was just such a fun day. Like, Mm -hmm. this is, like, up there for one of my favorite days since I joined the fandom. Um, A bunch of Harry's friends posted, uh, Konichi Nomura, um, Helene, Tyler Mitchell, Gemma posted, Rob Sheffield posted, um, yeah, a bunch of people, yeah, a bunch of people posted just beautiful art. So it's clear like people were, had been saving, you know, these drawings of Harry that they're going to post at his birthday. So that was awesome to see Gray one over question mark by Cruelby's sheep re-art posted on Harry's birthday. Oh gosh. Oh my gosh. I I must have been. Yeah. I mean, Cruelby's just rules me. So yeah. What can I Truly say? Truly the patron, the patron saint of the Harry Styles fandom. Oh, yes. And of this podcast. True. Yes. Thank we you once you again Thank for you. the beautiful art that adorns our podcast. But yes, so I was awesome to see all that art on that day. I also received several messages just from like people in my life being like, it's Harry Styles birthday <laughs> today. Like from one from a coworker that I actually hadn't talked to in a while. And I just got this text in the morning and it was like, Harry's birthday and I was like I'm glad that people like if I got to be known for something like and this is uh-huh. what it is like that's great um my mom texted me it was it was a it was a big day it's an international holiday <laughs> it's Harry true. Styles day yeah and then <clears throat> Harry's two got together to do some fun stuff for Harry's birthday so one project that I thought was really special was um happy birthday harry.com or hbdharry.com which is kind of like the Harry's version of the do you know who you are website where you know you can click the button and see nice things that fans submitted about Harry that also people like Brittany Spanos who works for Rolling Stone like some of the people who've been involved in Harry's life and career also submitted them um so that was just a really fun project that we saw on that day and then yeah so if we want to get into some of the more specific posts so Gemma's um post for Harry's birthday was really cute um, oh my gosh it was so cute happy happy birthday to my more vibrant counterpart yes it was right cute oh and the picture gosh. she posted of Harry in that bright yellow suit and she's like wearing the black blazer it was perfect uh-huh. we love a goth and a theater kid sibling um mm-hmm. <laughs> 
So seeing them together in that post was really fun. Um, and yeah, seeing all the unseens, we have mm-hmm. that photo of Harry in the black and white with the necklace in his mouth that my uh, timeline really just exploded over. It's so hot. It's just, oh my God. And then I, I, I had messaged it to Keith. See, I'd edited really poorly the lyrics of like, take me to church over it. Because I used to shitpost with that a lot back in 2014, and I'm still, like, mentally in 2014. Uh, And he was like, I don't get why, like, everybody's losing their mind over this. I put my necklaces in in my mouth, and I don't think it's sexy. It's just he's in a pose. And I'm like, ah, (laughs) it's just hot. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, I I guess I I don't know what was with me on this one. I I wasn't really with the boat with everybody else on this, but. I respect you all, and I respect your thirst, and I did appreciate the unseen. <laughs> I did too, and then this unseen too. With we tweeted this one, right? Key this Helen giving him the middle finger. I think so. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, that was a cute. A that was a cute one. photo as well. Yes, yeah, so that one was awesome. Um, and then yeah, so then Harry himself also tweeted on his birthday. Um, And he said, thank you for all the birthday wishes and all the special things you've been doing to celebrate it. Feeling very lucky today and all the days. Love, 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 H. So I embarrassingly tweeted a bunch of different reactions to that that probably was too much and a little over the top. But I was feeling very tender, okay? It's okay. It's it's an international holiday of tenderness. You had no choice. You had no options. But yeah, I think that that mainly covers his birthday do you have anything else i just want to say even though we're recording this on the 20th so this was a long time ago happy birthday harold (laughs) we didn't (laughs) say it on the podcast yet so i'll just say it here harry we love you obviously and this was a really fun day and i hope you had a really good day even though it was 20 days ago at this point so happy birthday harry i hope that you had a really awesome day if next year you want to invite me to your birthday, <laughs> I promise I'll be vaccinated by then. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I'll throw myself out there too, Harold. Uh, <laughs> I will be available. I don't know where I'll be living. I don't know what I'll be doing, but I can promise you I'll be available. So hit, yeah. hit up this podcast. But yeah, so do you want to get, or I guess I'm getting into it. I shall get into a little bit of the My Policeman related news that have happened over this month so far. Oh my God, so fun, so exciting. Yeah, yes. so we we actually haven't even talked about My Policeman really at all, I don't think, on this podcast yet. No, um, we haven't. Yeah, so it's been kind of a long and storied saga, right? Harry was pictured with the book My Policeman like a, a year ago, right? A year, like a really long over, time ago. Over a year ago, yeah. Yeah, so this has clearly been in the works for a while, and we all kind of knew that he was at least like, yeah, yeah, we knew he was in talks for a while. We knew he was probably he probably had the part. Like that's that's what the talk was, you know. Um, but it was officially confirmed this month, um, earlier in February. So uh, we got a headline in Deadline that confirmed Harry starring alongside The Crown's Emma Corrin. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was super exciting to me. I love The Crown. Um, I have this this season of The Crown, especially watched it all with my mom. Very good time. It's a very good show. She's great in it. So I'm extremely excited that she's going to be in this along with Harry. And they're both clients of Harry Lambert. As far as I know, Harry Lambert's only celebrity only celebrity clients. I think Harry Lambert only styles Emma Corrin and Harry Styles. So that's very exciting. <laughs> 
That is exciting. Yeah. So they're all going to be best friends, which is amazing. (laughs) And I personally loved how not Deadline, but The Sun launched this information. So The Sun's headline was stylish. The Crown's Emma Corrin bags first movie role opposite Harry Styles in raunchy threesome romance. My (laughs) policeman. What a headline. (laughs) Oh, fuck. Um, Listeners, I can't laugh too hard because I'm still swollen in my upper body. But uh, uh, yeah, raunchy threesome romance. So I have not read all of my policeman, but I have heard secondhand that any of the sex that Harry's character would have with Emma's character <laughs> would maybe not necessarily be classified as um, raunchy or threesome, uh, more sad. Huh. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, that lines up with what I've heard, too. I guess, yeah, this is a good time to say that. I haven't read the book either. Um, we do hope to have an episode where we talk about the book that is in the works at some point and talk about, you know, the movie and what we know about it so far and, like, do this all in more depth. But um, at this point, I've not read the book. Gray's re- Gray has read most of it. Um, half, half of I, it. I've read a half, yeah. Yeah. So that's the perspective we're coming on here. But yeah, I guess like we're, we're kind of talking around it. But My Policeman, based on the novel, I believe by Bethan Roberts. Is that the author? Yeah, name? I think so. Yeah. And it is a queer romance that takes place in the 1950s. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a queer romance that takes place in the 1950s. Uh, it sort of is about... You know, it, I wouldn't call it a raunchy threesome, but it's yeah. about these three people. So Harry's character, Tom, and Emma's character, Marion, uh, they sort of grow up in the same town. Uh, Harry's character is the brother of one of Marion's close friends growing up. And then um, Marion is like really in love with Tom but then Tom is maybe fallen in love with someone else who is not a woman, <laughs> but is in fact a man. Wow. Uh, and because it is the 1950s, this presents a series of challenges. And and so this, you know, I, a few interviews like with the author have revealed that this story is based on um, the real life of E.M. Forster, um, yeah. who is a famous writer who wrote um, the novel Maurice, of which maybe our, some of our listeners would know. And yeah, so I could not be more excited that Harry is involved in this project. I feel like a lot of my emotions on this, like were already experienced like a long time ago when mm-hmm. we thought that he was going to be involved. So it's like this, my excitement when this news came out was mostly for Emma Corrin because I feel like I already had my emotional reaction to Harry's involvement. Like when we first thought he was going to be involved. A while right. Ago. Uh, so it was announced September 2020. Uh, it was slightly before don't worry, darling started to film, but yeah, I mean, it's just, um, it's just, been amazing having it confirmed so they said that they're going to start filming in april yeah that's which is very exciting so notice that we have talked about harry's character tom and emma's character marion but then there's this other third person now (laughs) i'd like to say actually it's not a mystery anymore oh it's not a mystery we know who it is and i'd like to make an exciting announcement that I have been cast as Patrick in the film My Policeman. <laughs> now, this might come as a shock because I have no film acting experience and there are other all, other reasons that also make it surprising, but 
I'll have you know that this is the truth, and I am looking forward to being involved in this exciting project. Oh, Key's going to be amazing in this project. He has a wonderful British accent. Key, do you want to share it with No, us? no, I will not. I feel like it's okay, but I don't want to be proven wrong when I listen back to this, so I'm just going to not do that, but... Not even a little bit? Oh. No, no, okay. I'm sorry, but I'm not doing that to myself. In more seriousness, uh, there have been, shall we say, rumors about the third person uh but to illustrate a little something we will go on a detour to what what is this did did greg predict something again (laughs) wow truly a medium among us okay so here's my thing uh before i had ever posted this up to twitter i had been saying it was it was a couple of months right it was basically right after i got out of my surgery consultation to key i said Okay, so this is going to happen, and then, like, something is going to happen when I'm unconscious. I know it's going to happen when I'm unconscious. And so uh, we, we, we'd we always been joking about what it was. I was joking, oh, February 9th uh, is when Harry's going to drop a new single, LOL. Something's going to be announced, whatever. So February 4th, I finally posted to Twitter, I feel like the other male lead for my policeman isn't going to be announced until I'm under anesthesia on Tuesday and I'm just going to be like that Taylor Swift fan who went to the woods with no cell service right before folklore dropped. Now, Key, uh, what happened when I was under anesthesia on Tuesday? Something very similar. So this actually might, I'm interested to see if we're like going to break any news on this because to me in my timeline, everybody was talking about this particular person. So right. basically what happened was, okay, nobody has been officially announced as who's going to play Patrick in My Policeman. But somebody who is involved in our section of social media who has some sort of inside knowledge point that allows them to predict certain things that they've been correct about in the past has said that somebody that is being strongly considered right now is the actor David Dawson. So... Maybe some people who aren't, who don't follow, you know, Harry Twitter closely or whatever. Maybe this is like, you're, you're, this is your first hearing about that. So congratulations on that front. Congrats. <laughs> yes. So this was kind of, this, this all happened while Gray was under anesthesia. So that was an interesting <laughs> sequence of events. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so, you know, maybe David Dawson is, you know, doing a chemistry test with Harry and that's why they haven't announced it. Maybe it's somebody totally different and this source, you know, got it wrong this time. Who knows? But that if you if you want some fun speculation, that's what's been thrown out there. Um, But yeah, not officially not officially been announced. So there's still room for excitement there in the future. Mm -hmm. I am so excited. I think that they would look really good together on screen like they have different energies you know yeah he from what i've seen he i think him and harry would be very close casting to the books Mm -hmm. kind of portrayal of of those two characters so that is exciting to me yeah Um, i agree and again listeners will be like you haven't read the book that's true but i've seen many a screenshot so i've seen some of those descriptions yes yes uh Key, I feel like in particular, you've probably seen some of the erotic descriptions. You know, (laughs) I'm an intellectual and I have intellectual curiosity. And so when I see works of literature on my timeline, what am I going to do? Not read them? What are you going to do? Not read? That would be, you would be practically a Philistine behaving that way. It's true. It'd be, I mean, 
you are a man of letters. I am. Yeah. <laughs> You've graduated college. You I have. have. To read. <laughs> so what must I do? I must read out of context screenshots of please. <laughs> Well, yes. Absolutely. So that's exciting. I'm excited to see who's going to play Patrick. Um, I'm excited if David Dawson indeed is the person. And if he's not, I'm excited to find out who that is. Um, I'm just so excited to have mm-hmm. Harry be involved in a project like this, in a queer movie, in a movie that a lot of queer people are involved in, in a variety of, of ways, um, from producing to directing to adapting um, the novel in the first place. And yeah, I just... I'm so excited to see how all this is going to turn out. And I just think it's a really exciting project for him to be involved in. Yeah. I mean, this is like my favorite genre of movie, like gay genre fiction is like where it's at for me. So it's it's so funny that we're having to like announce all of this now because I had a whole freak out about this last September. It was like yeah. the best thing that ever happened to me. But now I'm like, just vibing, you know? Right, exactly. It did, you know, we, we've been emotionally prepared for this for a while, but right. I'm sure we will not be emotionally prepared for the movie itself, and we will be destroyed by it, and I am looking forward to that. Yeah, me too. Um, but yeah, so so this is going to kind of lead in, in a little bit of a different direction, but listeners, please let me take you along this this little journey that I'm going <laughs> to gonna, gonna take you on right now. So <clears throat> I think, you know, Harry's casting in My Policeman is an interesting opportunity to bring up Harry's film career, and his film choices overall. So this may be familiar to people who follow me on Twitter because I did tweet about this, but uh, let me, let me, don't, don't skip it. I want to, I want to hold you captive for this, for this little spiel I'm going to go on. I'm captive. So, yeah, so I just think Harry's film choices are so interesting and so smart. And we've said on this show before, we talked a little bit on the show before about how smart Harry is and in all the decisions that he makes, all the career decisions that he makes. Um, and I just think that, so his first film was Dunkirk, directed by Christopher Nolan. Second film, which we will talk about more in a bit when we talk about the news related to that, is Don't Worry Darling, directed by Olivia Wilde. And his third film will be My Policeman, directed by Michael Grandage. And I just find that progression from those three films to be extremely interesting and extremely smart from like a musician trying to make movies, trying mm-hmm. to be a, that musician slash actor kind of career, you know, especially somebody that comes from the background that Harry comes from. Um, so to get a little bit more into this, it's like, so you think of Dunkirk, right? Which I'm going to out Grayson right now as a movie that you have not watched. <laughs> uh, I'm outed. I'm gutted. You've destroyed me for our audience. No, you're not know, the first Harry to drag me for this. Uh, <laughs> yes, I have not seen Dunkirk yet. And you will, and we will make an episode on it when you do. But yeah, I so I have seen Dunkirk. I will young men of Dunkirk very soon. <laughs> yes. Dunkirk, a.k.a. Twinks on a Beach. Twinks um, on a Beach. <laughs> <laughs> Not to diminish. Now I'm like, it's the Battle of Dunkirk. It, does me saying that diminish the, the fact that it's the Battle of Dunkirk? We're going to move past it it's quickly. Too quickly, soon. We're past it. Too soon. So... <laughs> <laughs> so I have seen Dunkirk, and I and I think even outside of that, right, even if you haven't seen it, I think there's like an appreciation that can be made, that can be um, voiced, I guess, of the choice that was Harry's to choose that for his first film project. So I think, you know, Harry coming from a boy band had a particular image leaving One Direction, um, and 
to break into film at that point is like you could go a bunch of different ways, right? When you're as famous as Harry Styles is, he can kind of just choose to be in certain things, right? Like there are certain mm-hmm. projects he could have come out of one direction and been like, I want to do this thing and they would have let him. But Christopher Nolan's Dunkirk is not one of those things, right? Like You should you work to, for it. Yeah, you work for it. He auditioned for it. Um, and Christopher Nolan, who's a very, very well-respected director in the industry, chose him. And so I think there's like many different levels as to why this was like the smartest thing that he could have chosen. So one of which being, you know, like what I said, Christopher Nolan, extremely well-respected director in the industry. So there are a lot of people that are going to just accept his judgment on Harry. If Christopher Nolan thinks that Harry Styles is good enough to be in a movie, there is a lot of people that they're just going to, even if they might have had some preconceived notions and prejudices, oh, there's this person who's never acted before that's been in a boy band, like Christopher Nolan choosing Harry automatically kind of eliminates those concerns for a lot of people. And part of that, too, has to do with demographics, right? Like, Christopher Nolan is known as kind of, like, a quote-unquote film bro director. And I don't say that to, like, diminish the movies that he's made. I like a lot of the movies that he's made. But that's just true. Like, there's a certain masculinist idea of Christopher Nolan in the movies that he makes. And so, particularly coming from the background that Harry was coming from, like, I don't think that's the perspective Harry's interested in catering to at all. But it does really help to kind of shift that that perspective on him and to kind of like just go in a different direction that maybe people wouldn't have expected does that make sense oh absolutely yeah i mean i i think that it really helped to put harry in the eye of you know people who weren't normally his audience as well like i feel like uh he took that opportunity and he said you know i usually appeal to this certain demographic I've, I've had some conversations with a friend recently where we were talking about um, one direction and marketing and all that sorts of stuff because uh, she had listened to our podcast mm-hmm. and uh, she was talking about how one direction marketing was so pervasive but only to the people who were being marketed to so like if you were a girl uh, between you know, X age, you know, preteen or teen girl, you saw One Direction and like basically nobody else did. So yeah, with some exceptions, but that was definitely the target. I think that's a good point. Yeah. And so Harry being in, you know, Christopher Nolan movie, uh, I feel like really brought him into to an audience of people who weren't seeing him so much, who might not like recognize him by face even, you know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. And I and I think, you know, another element to that, right, is also the fact that he's not the lead role in Dunkirk. Mm-hmm. There isn't really a lead role in Dunkirk. Like, there is. There's a main character, but it's definitely an ensemble film, and so there it has that going for it as well. Where, like, Harry doesn't have a huge role in Dunkirk, but he's a lead because, you know, of the other leads in the film. Like, there are huge major actors who are on the poster who have as much screen time as he does, right? So... Mm-hmm. Additionally, what that works to kind of do career-wise is it doesn't put the spotlight on him, so he can kind of operate in the frame and act, and, like, the focus is not all on Harry Styles' performance. Does that Mm -hmm. make the movie, right? Because it's an ensemble piece. There's so many other things going on. There's so many other people that are in the frame. It's very, like, for his first film role to kind of take a role that that doesn't carry the movie, that kind of Mm -hmm. is alongside all these other well-respected British male actors like it kind of it it puts him in a certain sphere it it gives him sort of this sense of respect but in addition it 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 kind of like yeah it it allows him to kind of you know 
get acclimated to acting and get his name out there and get people used to the idea of him acting without, you know, putting all this pressure on him to give this big performance like straight out of the gate. Yeah, I definitely, I definitely agree. So yeah, so and then so to choose Don't Worry Darling after that is a kind of, I see it anyway, as a continuation of this pattern of, of choosing films that are being made by interesting directors that are kind of, you know, exciting to film people. So Olivia Wilde's first film, Booksmart, was like, it didn't have like immediate huge financial popular success, but it was extremely successful and popular among a certain demographic of people and among yeah. film people in particular. It was a very buzzy movie. Um, and so him working on her next project, I think, speaks to him kind of having an understanding of where film culture is and working with exciting people. Um, and in addition to that, I think he again builds on this thing he did with Dunkirk, which is that his character in Dunkirk is not Harry's image. Harry's image, he has a very like kind of gentle, you know, mm-hmm. how do I describe Harry's image, right? Harry is known as the nice guy because that's what he is, right? He treats everybody with respect. He treats everybody very nicely. He's known as that in Hollywood. Um, He's and- a kitten <laughs> covered in glitter. <laughs> he is. And that's very far from his character in Dunkirk. And it's very far what it seems like anyway, we'll get into this later, from the character that he will be playing in Don't Worry Darling. So I think those two roles, again, do that to, to establish his credibility as an actor because you can go on screen and be yourself. And that's not like an easy thing, but but it does kind of, I think, allow people to get used to the idea of him as an actor, to see him in these roles that are nothing like the image that he presents to the rest of the world. Mm-hmm. And so I think both Don't Worry Darling and Dunkirk kind of work to do that. And again, in Don't Worry Darling, Florence Pugh's the main character. He's not at the center of the frame. He can kind of take a back seat and support her in that role, which is something that we'll get into later. So I think that both of those kind of really make sense as like a progression in what he's doing because he worked, you know, from an ensemble, a part in an ensemble film to now he's one of the leads of a film, but he's a secondary lead to My Policeman as his third film where he's the main lead or one of the two or three main leads is like, it seems like the three of them are going to kind of share the screen. I actually think that that statement is really interesting. And since we're still talking about my policeman, um, I will actually push back against that one interesting thing about at least the narrative uh, book, my policeman, that I and some other people who have been reading it or, uh, you know, some other people who have completed it. I've read a good chunk of my policeman. <laughs> um, but Harry's character in the book is the only one of the three who does not have a perspective in the book. Mm -hmm. Uh, The other two uh, are like written in an epistolary fashion. So Marion and Patrick are both writing about basically, not to give too much away, but uh, they're writing basically about the same period of time, um, Mm -hmm. but in different time periods. Um, yeah, so they're writing about him, but he's right. not. He, his he, perspective isn't the one that centers right, the, the right. Narrative. And so he has he has a really interesting internal journey that you only see from the outside. Mm-hmm. So really, I mean, Marion and, and Patrick, they are like the perspective characters. So he still is kind of like he's a lead. I would say they're all kind of like equal e leads, but he still is kind of like at a distance which i think is really interesting yeah i think it's interesting too especially because like i live to see harry described by others and i am always interested in you know the way that others describe him and so to think that that might parallel in certain ways the film roles that he takes Mm -hmm. and the ways that his characters are described by others and perceived by others i find to be very interesting but i will say like 
unless they choose to literally have voiceover of Marion and Patrick's thoughts during the film, which I think they probably won't do. You can't really do direct perspective in the same way yeah. in film. So I'm interested to see if that will translate. I do think, though, yeah. it sounds to me anyway, like there is kind of a progression there where like this isn't an ensemble piece where there's like a bunch of leads. It's centered around the three of them. He's definitely at the center so far of the casting and promotional aspect mm-hmm. of it. And so, interesting. yeah, and so I find that interesting. Um, if it does end up kind of being mostly from the perspectives of the other two characters in relation to him, I'll, I'll find that really interesting as well. But I do think I can see that progression going from Don't Worry Darling, where Florence is at the center of the frame and he's playing very opposite himself, to Don't Worry Darling in a role that, you know, Tom, in terms of actual personality traits, I haven't read the book enough to know how close he is to Harry as a person or as a celebrity oh, as, or as a persona. Oh, he's super close. He's very yeah, close, he's, yeah. See, that's kind of what I thought it, because... It, it's very interesting. Like, you read passages and it's uncanny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I love that. And I, and I find that really interesting because I think you do kind of need to get audiences ready for a public figure like Harry to play a role that might be a little closer to home for them because if, I, if he had just come out of One Direction and just played himself or a character that was more closer to himself, I think maybe certain people, even though that's still a very difficult task, I think maybe certain people would have been, they would have been ready to kind of dismiss it as like, okay, this is what we thought you would do. And and I think now after, especially after Dunkirk and especially after Don't Worry Darling, that factor is going to be less of a problem. So yeah. Well, and also I feel like with this kind of role, like you and I we came to the Harry party a few years in. So he also, when he was making Dunkirk, he had to establish for himself in two careers, right? Like his, like this is going to be what my music and general persona is. And then this is who I am as an actor. Mm. So like if he had just done my policeman right after, you know, one direction, he had his own like little one direction image as well. So he wouldn't have been established outside of that. I also, I, I don't know if, if he would have necessarily done a gay movie right out of One Direction. I think that he needed to do something a little heterosexual first. Um, <laughs> no, I think, yeah, that's yeah. like a glib way to put it. But I do think for sure, right, that there's a certain interesting thing here from like going from a Christopher Nolan movie which is no doubt, like, again, Christopher Nolan is a very well-respected director. I'm sure Harry, from what he said, really was excited to work with Christopher Nolan. But I, there is a certain interesting thing to Christopher Nolan being kind of like a masculinist director and, like, having that image. And then working with Olivia Wilde, who's, like, an exciting new female filmmaker, and then going mm-hmm. to his third movie being a queer film made by, like, a production team of primarily queer people. I find that to be very interesting as, as like, a, very interesting. as a progression as well. So I'm really interested to see what choices he will make in the future. I, I think, undoubtedly, Harry is very passionate about all these projects. Um, and I think, you know, he reads scripts and he works with people that, that he thinks are interesting and, and worthwhile. But I also think that this speaks to a real care and, and a real sense of his own image and... And I find that, like, celebrity image, this will come to no shock to our listeners, right? Because, like, we have this podcast and this is what we talk about a lot of the time. I find image making and, like, icon making of celebrities to be so interesting. And I and maybe the one of the reasons why I gravitate towards Harry so much as an artist is because he's also very interested in that. And I, it's 
he's one of the most interesting people doing that right now in terms of the image that he's crafting for himself, the persona that he has as an artist. And so to kind of see these decisions being made um, career-wise is something that I just find super fascinating. So that was a very long-winded version of what I thought that that little speech would be. But I just want to discuss that because I think it's a big part of, you know, of these these decisions for him and, and these interesting moves that he's making in his career right now. Yeah, uh, I guess one last thing before we just sort of move on to talking about like the specifics of the Don't Worry Darling rap, which is what we were going to talk about next. Um, I think that it's just really interesting that all of these are period pieces. Yeah. Yeah, I actually put a little tweet. I, I bookmarked a tweet about this. Um, so I want to shout out at WM Sugars um, on Twitter for this tweet, which I thought was really interesting. They said, you know, what is so interesting to me is the theme that's emerging in the projects Harry's involved in of trying to break out of the constraints of heteronormative and patriarchal society, especially in the 1950s. And then they go on to note that they want to interview him and ask him why he's drawn to these sorts of stories. So I find that super interesting as well. Um, yeah, so we'll talk about that more when we talk about Don't Worry Darling. But there is, yeah, all, all three of his films have been period pieces. And these last two all kind of center around the same time period. So there's, I'm sure there's like lots of interesting discussions that could be had there that I think might make more sense to have once the films are out and we can have those dialogues yeah. of the movies in, in, in dialogue with each other. But, uh, but yeah, I think it's an interesting thing to point out for sure. Yeah. Okay. Well, with that said, uh, that was such a great conversation that I'm so happy to have had with you. Uh, we are going to move on to Don't Worry Darling, which wrapped on February 14th. Happy Valentine's. Uh, congratulations. <clears throat> Happy Valentine's Day. Oh my gosh. I how do you feel knowing that Harry sends people white roses, Key? Harry, I, I have a vase in my apartment um that has nothing in it that's waiting for your white roses. So I don't deserve them, but if you if you ever were so inclined, I, I would not say no. I deserve white roses. <laughs> that's true. So, you do. You do. Harry, send them to me. Uh, yeah, no, I was devastated seeing that because that's, he's sent white roses to more than one person, right? Yeah. It's like his thing. Multiple different times. Yeah. He's, he's sent white roses. This time, I guess we're being a little vague. This was sent to, this was sent to, um, Florence Pugh's stunt double, right? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So Florence and Harry sent Florence's stunt double white roses and little gifts and I was devastated about it. (laughs) Um, and then there were some people who posted photographs on Rap Day. So Asif Ali posted up this big group photo that has a bunch of people in it. Harry looks amazing in it. He looks he looks aged down. I, whenever he shaves, <laughs> that, yeah, he it's just that like lack of facial hair. Yeah, everybody was making jokes about how this is the captain of the baseball team, <laughs> but it's just it's just so cute. Look, like Olivia's arm is around him and Florence is uh hugging Harry's assistant Louis yeah just just great looks like so much fun we were all hoping that day that like we were going to drop anything because we know certain individuals in the fandom like will go and bother people on Instagram so you never know if like people are going to actually like bring up Harry because you know, obviously, I don't want them to get bothered, and I know that they would be. So it was it was so awesome that Asif chose to post this. So thank you so much, I guess, if you're listening. 
<laughs> I guarantee you that you're not. But if you are, you're great on WandaVision as well. And I've been enjoying seeing you in pop culture. Hopefully. You're amazing. But yeah, thank you for this photo. <laughs> yeah, it, this is a really cute photo. Love, love a group shot like this. Can't wait to see all these people on the press tour for Don't Worry Darling when it eventually happens. And I can't wait to hear them all talk about the project and each other. I just think it's so clear from these photos and from, you know, we'll go on to talk in a second about some of the posts that Livia Wilde has been making about the film since it's wrapped. But everybody's just been so enthusiastic about it and so passionate about it and i am just so looking forward to seeing this freaking movie like it's just so exciting florence Pugh mm-hmm. is one of my favorite actresses I just love her so much loved her in little women so much um and i'm just so ready i to was see just her watching her in midsommar this week and he was like I don't watch horror movies. How is yeah, she in it? <laughs> I'm sorry to Florence for not seeing you in that movie, but I am a wimp and I get scared. And this is a psychological thriller, so I'll probably have my hands over my eyes on occasion when I watch Don't Worry Darling 2 when it comes out, but what can I say? I I saw, if anybody asks my opinion after this, I saw half of it. Movies that are two and a half hours long are too long. Like, it's just too much movie. I like the half that I saw. Florence Pugh is very good in Midsummer. I have not completed it. Maybe I'll do so tonight. Yeah, so, and then Miss Olivia Wilde posted about Dear Harry. Yay. Yay. So I will read her little post that she posted up. So she posted this up with a photo of him in a classic car that's just amazing. I wish it was part of a calendar. Little known fact, most male actors don't want to play supporting roles in female-led films. The industry has raised them to believe it lessens their power, i.e. financial value, to accept these roles, which is one of the reasons it's so hard to get financing for movies focusing on female stories. No joke, it is hard to find actors who recognize why it might be worth it to allow for a woman to hold the spotlight. Enter at Harry Styles R. Jack. Not only did he relish the opportunity... To allow for the brilliant Florence Pugh to hold center stage as our Alice, but he infused every scene with a nuanced sense of humanity. He didn't have to join our circus, but he jumped on board with humility and grace and blew us away every day with his talent, warmth, and ability to drive backwards. Fist bump. Hashtag don't worry, darling. So cute. So good. Amazing. Warmth. I loved the description of him as warm. Mm -hmm. I just, yeah, I love hearing these little things about Harry. Such a nice post. Like, I am just so happy that everybody, again, has uh, working on mm-hmm. this project has such nice things to say about it. And I'm so excited about it. Um, and, and I want to say, too, so there's been some, you know, annoying Internet wankery about whether Olivia is, like, praising Harry for the bare minimum here. And, like, I think it's important the context to acknowledge that, like, she's kind of shading, not shading because that's, like, too diminutive of a, of a word. This is a post about her specific experiences in the industry, right? Which reference mm-hmm. real conversations that I'm sure she's had about getting projects like this financed. And it also references the previous casting of Shia LaBeouf in, in Harry's role, who reportedly tried to make Olivia Wilde choose between him and Florence Pugh. And she said, okay, bye then. And so this post is like referencing that specific instance and, and experiences that she's had in the industry. And in that regard, um, I think it's important to acknowledge that and how shitty it is that that she has to say mm-hmm. this at all, that that Harry's signing on to this project in this way and being ready to, you know, concede the frame in certain ways. Not 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 conceding the frame, but but, you know, supporting Florence in the lead role. The fact that that is something that needs to be praised in this way is sad, but you know, that's her experience in the industry. And so that's kind of where we're at. Yeah. 
Yeah, I definitely agree. We have a little uh, drag in must get rid of toxic in community uh, about this later. But yeah, I, I, I am so glad that uh, Olivia was able on her second venture into filmmaking to have a positive experience like she had on Booksmart as well. Because, you know, more female directors are very, very needed. Yeah, um, for sure. Yeah, I, I, I saw all of the posts that she was making all of this week. And it's just so awesome how excited everybody is about this project. Like everybody is just so 110% here for it. I don't know. I have never followed a, a movie filming as closely as this before, but mm-hmm. it just seems like, you know, everybody just had a really good time. Um, it's interesting because, you know, for so long people were spreading around the original script for this. And then this week, Olivia was like, it has almost nothing to do with the script that we started out with. Yeah, so what she said, so here's her tweet. She said, in in response to someone else, I think, saying that they'd read the script, um, she said, only script out there is very old and has very little to do with our version. It's a pretty major departure from that concept, but I hope you'll check out our movie when it hits theaters. So... I kind of thought that, and that's why I never read the script. Like, I I mean, I don't want to be spoiled anyway, so I probably wouldn't have. But I didn't read the script because I was like, it's a spec script. Like, stuff like that changes so much over time. I knew that the movie wasn't going to be exactly what was in there. And so I was like, maybe part of it will be spoiled. Maybe part of it won't. I just didn't want to deal with it at all. So neither of us have read the script. So now you know that about us. Um, But yeah, so that was really interesting to to hear from her this week. Um, And yeah, it just makes me excited because... I did, I I think certain ideas for myself anyway of what's going to happen in the movie do kind of come from fan, you know, thoughts that might originate from the script that others read that I haven't. So I'm interested, you know, to know what is right and what is wrong about my perceptions of what I think the movie could be about. So what are your perceptions that you think the movie's about? Yeah, so I think like from the set photos that we've seen, and so we know that this is a film that takes place in the 1950s. I will say that certain mm-hmm. set photos also make it seem like certain parts of the movie do not take place in the 1950s. So I guess like spoilers-ish here, but like I trust that you have seen the set photos if you're listening to this podcast. And also I know jack shit about what the movie's going to be about. <laughs> this is all idle speculation on my part based on, you know, a few set photos. So who knows if I'm right here. But it seems to me like there's some aspect of the movie that's going to take place in our modern day based on photos that I've seen and costumes. Um, and from things that people have said, it seems like Harry and Florence are like the perfect couple in the 1950s at some point in the film. So we know that. Um, we know that Chris Pine is like a cult leader of some sort, right? That's something that we know, which I find to be very interesting. Do we know that or is it speculated? Because now I'm like doubting myself. Yeah, now I'm like, did that come from fans reading the script? Or I, I, th- I thought that they said that in the initial casting announcements. I don't know. When that came across. But if I'm wrong about that, I'm wrong about that. I love Chris Pine. Yeah. And I, either way, I'm excited to see him in the movie. Um, but yeah, so there's like so much in there that we don't know. My initial thoughts and I think this is like kind of the obvious conclusion to reach right when you hear that it's a psychological thriller set the 1950s starring Florence Pugh and Harry Styles my first thought is okay Harry's the villain in this piece we're gonna start out doing kind of like isn't it great this is the 1950s then things are gonna start to go wrong things are gonna start to go bad it's gonna twist and Harry's gonna be like some sort of evil patriarchal psycho husband yeah we're gonna that's somewhere where we're gonna lead now What makes it very interesting to me is, you know, the modern day clothing, which makes me think, you know, maybe there's some sort of 
simulation or like something that that has to do with the 1950s that's going to be part of the film that's like extremely vague but i don't have you know so much coherent predictions on that and then the other thing that i find extremely interesting is this photo that we got earlier this month on the second of harry in kind of this floral apron so Mm -hmm. so far all the photos that we've seen from the set have seen both florence and harry kind of in this like you know the very gendered 1950s um clothing that we would normally see this could be entirely unrelated like he could be in this apron for like nothing like he could have just put this on like he's walking to a different location but it is the cardigan too yeah yeah so so this photo of of him um with this floral apron on does make me think like is there going to be sort of a swapping of roles at some point is there going to be some sort of revenge thing that's going to happen are we totally wrong and the relationships to the characters are completely different than what we would expect i yeah seeing that kind of makes me excited to see the kind of twists on the kind of traditional narratives that we've seen so far because i will say like there's there's been a lot of talk florence actually commented on a sif's post like about photos that they can't share because they're too spoilery and then we get fired and like so there's like been an effort to not spoil what's happening in this movie too i think the 1950s psychological thriller that takes a turn towards like a dark side from you know a a quote-unquote picture perfect marriage that's a story that has been told before like that's not so new so there's a lot here that's that there's a lot of potential right for for it to break out from those tropes and kind Mm -hmm. of do something really out there and like and interesting so yeah I think it's very interesting, too, that, like, I mean, a lot of people, including me just joking a few minutes ago, are calling Harry, like, the psycho husband. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, so we'll get, we can get down to brass tacks about this. I'm actually having some thoughts. Like, none of the promotional stuff, including Olivia's Wilde's post here, has necessarily called him that. Like, they, in the original promotional stuff, it said he's a husband who really loves his wife, but has a dark secret. And here, Olivia says he infuses scenes with like a nuanced sense of humanity. So I don't know if we're actually going to get like the like one dimensional like, oh, it turns out that Harry was like just a psycho all along. Yeah, I think that's a good point. I think that's a good point about that sentence in her post. I will say that there's some photos that we got this month too that oh of course some blood that made blood, me think yes. that certain things are gonna happen um but yeah i'm you're you're right and that i think probably that it i i guarantee you right there are certain things that i kind of think are very likely outcomes for the plot mm-hmm. of this movie but i guarantee you that it's gonna surprise us in in some interesting ways so mm-hmm. yeah i'm excited for that i think that it seems to me Uh, thinking about it like less likely that he'll be like this one-dimensional villain and more likely that it'll be like it's just like real complicated and then it there ends up being some violence because of it's just like they hit a they hit some sort of breaking point uh in their marriage yeah i'm not sure i i definitely think a dark secret is like he's a murderer or he's like now I'm like, this is so stupid. I'm like, I'm going to spoil this movie. I literally know nothing about it. So, and I haven't even read the script. So if I get this right, that's not a spoiler. So I need to just not worry about that. I'm thinking like, maybe the dark, like if if it is, and maybe people who have read the script are like, you freaking idiot. Like this is in the, in the script. Like you're not new. What are you doing? But whatever. Anyway, my thought would be like, you know, 
maybe his dark secret is if they're living in the 1950s and he's like brought her there from some sort of reason maybe that's what that refers to is the dark secret is like mm-hmm. really it's 2020 or whatever and he's like keeping her in this like 1950s sort of setting for some ex nefarious reason and so the dark secret is like actually he's holding her there because they're really from the 2020s or something like that you know yeah that was that was what a lot of people were who had read the script were like speculating kind mm-hmm. of I'm pretty sure that that was like the original concept, but I don't know. I did. I again, I didn't read the script. All of this stuff we've heard secondhand. So, I uh, but I do think it's very very interesting. Um, you know, I I was very intrigued by Harry covered in blood. So uh, that was that was fantastic for me, <laughs> um, just on a personal level. Okay, I I think that that's. Do you have anything else to say about Don't Worry, Darling? Can um. You- no, I don't think I do. Um, oh, I'll say because we've talked about on social media, Harry and Jeff roasting Kid Harpoon. I just think Harry loves a good roast and I and I appreciate that for him. And so commenting on Olivia Wilde's beautifully complimentary post about Harry was Katie Silverman, screenwriter and producer of Don't Worry Darling, who has worked with Olivia Wilde before, saying, wait, he's in this? <laughs> <laughs> which i just thought was funny um and i funny. just want to work with harry and roast him affectionately and i mm-hmm. i just feel like we would both enjoy that yes i agree <laughs> but yeah not not other than that not very much i'm just really excited to see how this all comes together um yeah couldn't be more excited for it yeah i'm excited too okay so another smaller bit of news uh on february 14th also so beauty papers was hyping before Valentine's Day. They were posting very dramatic Instagram stories with like heartbeats. They were like, attention, beautiful people, Harry Styles coming. And you're like, what is this? People were like, are they just restocking? What is it? So I get up on, this is a role reversal of my policeman thing because this time I was the one who was awake. Um, he was just sleeping. He wasn't under under anesthesia. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> but on, on February Are you 14th, sure Harry's dark character from Don't Worry Darling might have made an appearance to take me under for the for this news? Oh. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, okay. Yes. So uh, Key was stolen away to magical 1950s world <laughs> for a few hours that day. Uh, and Beauty Papers on the 14th, uh, you know, people were stalking the website. And suddenly they make this announcement and it's like, I figured that they were going to do something like this, but it still really blew me away, like exactly what happened. So obviously, like I was hoping for some unseens. I figured that they might like restock their regular magazines, like X amount. They weren't going to like announce a certain number or something. They were just going to be like, we have a few more copies in stock. Here's some unseen. We're going to finally fill the orders that we filled because they haven't filled all of their orders yet. No, Beauty Papers chose violence that day. They announced on Twitter, beautiful people, happy Valentine's Day. Limited edition cover, 450 copies, one copy per person. All postage will be tracked and details will be made available for you to check. Not all countries are able to buy due to COVID. Hashtag beauty papers. And then they gave their link. Oh my God, the chaos. People were like, wait, does that say 450 limited edition? And like, I kind of just, I sat back. It was like blood sport. Like their site obviously immediately crashed. Uh, I saw this great tweet on my timeline. That was uh, 
because people were people were doing the math. They were like, okay, so for Vogue, the first week he sold four. What was it like? Fourteen thousand. I don't know if you. I saw the number forty thousand. I don't know if <laughs> oh, that was the yeah, first was week 40, or overall, but I yeah, saw no, the that, number that was 40, the first. The, that was the first week. The first, it, uh, yeah. I think it was 42. So sorry for not checking this number, guys. But uh, it 42,000 the first week. And the beauty papers was like, all right, so we're going to drop 450. Yeah, I will say I have sympathy and respect for small businesses <laughs> and small artistic businesses that are, you know, trying okay, to do their this thing. Was- Okay, but this was violence. This 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 was amazing. This was beautiful. It was the 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 reaction to it I found to be interesting and so, at times amusing. It, I I think it's like you know it's one of those things where Beauty Papers is a very small magazine. I find it, 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 it every time that this happens. Like this happens every time. Like every time Harry ever right. does anything, the website crashes, and I'm like, do people have not? Are people not aware of like the demand? Like that's confusing to me. But here's yeah. my thing. I think that Beauty Papers was told that Harry Styles is a very popular person, but they they cover up. They've they've had other popular people in their indie magazine. Those popular people. Do not have a fan base of Harry's. Yeah. Nobody's ever prepared for us. And Beauty Papers, you know, Vogue had a hard time with us. And Vogue's an enormous magazine. I'm pretty sure the operations for Beauty Papers is like three people. Like the IT department maybe also runs the Twitter account. You know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I Yes. So I will say this was funny. The 450 copies did make me laugh. At the same time, yeah. people who work at Beauty Papers, like, I am sympathetic to you. I understand that this is a tall order. <laughs> I I would like it is I I feel though for people who still haven't gotten their initial yeah. copies. That's rough to to have them restock 450 when you literally haven't yeah. gotten yours that you ordered like a year ago. That that is rough. Yeah, so I hope that the people who need to get their orders, you know, eventually get them. Uh, beauty papers just made me laugh really hard, but also please fill other people's orders. Okay, and that's also all I had at least unscenes because your magazine. Oh is yes, great. the unseen. The photo shoot was beautiful. We love it so much. So thank you for that mm-hmm. original photo shoot. And if you just have one photo, I just would appreciate it Come so on, much. It just be one. <laughs> you could, surely you have one. Whatever you know. I'm not. I'm only saying whatever because I don't want my feelings to be hurt. But no, when I say whatever, I really care. Uh, <laughs> okay. So that's all I have to say about beauty papers. Before we like, uh, so the, the, the last part of our news section, uh, we're just going to kind of talk about the Grammys because we haven't talked about them in a while. Uh, this article from Variety came out recently, just kind of detailing what the Grammy Awards might look like key do you want to read out a little bit of like what they were saying about what the what the sitch with the grammys might be sure um yeah so it says the ceremony will be held in the outdoor portion of the los angeles convention center with the show's traditional home of the stable center which is located essentially next door as the backdrop there will be no audience although a small number of media will be attending and plans call for a live red carpet broadcast featuring performers and presenters most members of the media have already registered for virtual screenings um, a number of live performances are planned. Many are likely to be pre-recorded, possibly at venues other than, than the convention center. It seems possible that a remote or pre-recorded performance could take place at an iconic venue like the Troubadour in Los Angeles. 
Interesting. So there were a few things here that jumped out at me. One was the live red carpet broadcast. I found that to be very interesting. And then the pre-recorded performance. So Key, do you think that Harry's going to do one, going to do both, going to do neither? Will he not attend? I really hope that he attends because I would like to see a red carpet. Look, that's my main mm-hmm. that's my I main know, priority too. here. I think the likelihood I, he hasn't been officially confirmed as a performer, right? We just kind of think that it's highly likely that he will be. Uh, he was oh gosh, it's been so long. He was like rumored. Yeah, he was rumored and then Ben Winston is producing it and then he has appeared. Right. Now, I did not check this, so this is very alleged. I apologize because we're supposed to be the people who have this podcast and I, we don't know. But we, allegedly yeah. there was a TV spot or there were commercials for the Grammys that featured him in the mm-hmm. commercial, which would lead me to think that he is performing. So I think probably he is performing. I think so. I mean, I I, I don't see why he wouldn't, I guess. Just like if they had, yeah. yeah, it depends on if they asked him, but I think probably they would. Yeah. And I think so. Operating I, I'm pretty on the sure that Ben Winston asked him. <laughs> yeah. Operating <laughs> on the assumption that he is performing. I, of course, would love any performance that Harry does, but obviously my ideal would be, you know, a live performance and a red carpet appearance. But, you know, if, if we get a pre-recorded performance, great. Um, I'll be happy with that as well. Um, it would kind of suck to not get a red carpet appearance, but it's fine. We'll live with it. It's COVID. Nothing's ideal right now. Um, and so with whatever concessions need to be made, those are what need to be made. But yeah, I'm very excited to, for, particularly for the outfit portion of it. Um, looking forward to that a lot. And uh, yeah, what about you? Yeah, I mean, I, I hope we will get red carpet and performance looks. Uh, what I'm really, yeah, what I'm most interested in is figuring out, because there's been, there's been a couple of people who've been teased, right? So S.S. Daly and Harris Reed have both kind of teased adjacent to Harry, mm-hmm. where it's like it seems like maybe they're going to be Grammys things. Uh, so Steven Stevie Daly worked with uh, Harry on the Golden Music video, and he his Autumn Winter collection uh, was recently featured in Harry Lambert's like Instagram story with like little eyes emoji and then he recently did like an interview for Tumblr where he was talking about working with Harry Lambert and like future projects that he could not talk about uh, and then Harris Reed recently well he he launched what was it his graduate collection his first collection post-graduation I think his first his first postgraduate collection and so he said that he was going to uh, have potentially someone wear them at the Grammys. And these are ready to wear looks, high fashion, ready to wear, but like Mm -hmm. ready to wear. And so my theorizing is if Harry is on the red carpet, he will wear a Harris Reed ready to wear on the carpet. And then he'll wear custom SS daily for performance. I think that is a very solid prediction. Do you have any, uh, anything to add to that? Not really. Um, I would love to see a makeup look as well. Um, oh, yes. Yeah, but I am excited either way. I think I, I love both of those designers. Um, I think Harris's collection is really cool, so I would love to see either of those outcomes. But I'd love to see, particularly because we've already kind of seen, again, obviously Harry Lambert would style it in a particular way that would be surprising that we haven't seen, but I this, the Stokey Daily thing is like what really intrigues me because it's just a big question mm-hmm. mark and we don't know what it would be so um 
yeah, so I'm really excited about that. Yeah, me too. Okay, well, with that, I think that, that covers uh, everything that we needed to catch up on. Uh, so now we're going to move into a section called Must Get Rid of Toxic in Community, where we talk about dumb comments that we see on the internet. So this person uh, is actually what is commonly referred to on Twitter as a blue check. Uh, she has written editorial articles about film and really this week gave me a taste of what we have to look forward to from film Twitter once Don't Worry Darling starts coming. So she read Olivia Wilde's post on Instagram and just got real big mad about it. Or at least, yeah, like, yeah, maybe not big mad, but, you know. She got mad about it. This is a bit reheated, but it was pretty funny anyway. So are we celebrating an emerging male actor for doing the job he was hired to do? We get it. You love him and he's great. But this one is for bare minimum Twitter. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Like, here's the thing, right? Bare minimum is, like, such a strange internet phrase that is so, like, just the way, like, I'm just so conflicted about it because oftentimes I'm like, yeah, it is the bare minimum, but also, like, (laughs) you know, I have a lot of feelings about it. I just wanted to tell Harry that he did a good job. Yeah, I think so. So, yeah, I think, like, first of all, I will say that, like, this person got a lot of shit from Stan Twitter for saying this, which I think sucks. And so not only is Muscular Toxic Community about annoying people being like, this is the bare minimum. She sh- It's weird for her to post this, blah, blah, blah. Because Olivia Wilde was simply, you know, like we said before, in the context, it completely makes sense. And also she made a post about everyone, basically, that has worked on the movie. But don't come at people for stuff like this especially when they've already received a bunch of comments so i'm i'm calling out not only am i calling out this person i'm also gonna get out of my soapbox and say stand twitter be better and shut up when it comes to things like this if you see somebody replying and there's like already a hundred other replies what does being the 101st person (laughs) do for you i don't i don't understand it people yeah it was it was crazy calm down everyone yeah, it, it's everybody is annoying. <laughs> Social media is terrible. COVID nineteen <laughs> has made this all worse, and I oh just God, wish that every night we were discoursing about what socks Harry wore on stage to perform instead of this. And that's what I wish for all of us. But unfortunately, we're here, and we're here. Social media has seared off the top layer of all of our brains it's true yeah but anyway uh so that whole drama was pretty dumb uh everybody just stopped being dumb uh but (laughs) i keep i keep asking you guys to not be dumb and you keep being dumb i mean not our beautiful Uh, listeners of course i'm sure all of our listeners are amazing have huge massive wrinkly brains filled with insight and information but you know for all our non podcast listeners out there oh yeah for the people who don't listen to our podcast please listen and then take our, take our message. yeah i don't know if i thought that one through it's okay i'm gonna lead us out of here uh key so are you looking forward to non-hairy things you got book movie tv racks one 
non-hairy thing bring you joy in these difficult times yeah so i mentioned wandavision before uh, and wandavision is really ramping up we have two so episodes good. left at the time of recording this pod so i've been really enjoying it i have three you gotta catch up i have to catch up i haven't watched the most recent one i'm like really engaging in the wandavision industrial complex like every time i watch wandavision so i watch when i said i'm nocturnal i watch wandavision when it airs at three in the morning est okay and like i normally i wouldn't do that but i'm already awake so i'm like why not and then what i do is i engage in the wandavision industrial complex the next day so every friday i watch like multiple reviews of it and breakdowns of it from like people (laughs) whose like youtube channels i watch and there's this one podcast that does like each episode is like half an hour that does like two hour long breakdowns of the episodes so actually that one should come out today so i'll keep my eye on that i think it's called the mcu fan show or something like that so look up that podcast if you're looking for Probably two in-depth breakdowns of each week's WandaVision episodes. But I just like, again, like I said at the top of the show, it's just gotten me back into MCU mode. I'm shifted back into MCU mode. And I, I so that's been, that's been a fun thing this week for me is, uh, is, is um, watching WandaVision, seeing the, the, the take uh, fest that always happens about it. Um, and watching every, this is like, when I say I love monoculture, this is what I love. I love on Thursdays, like a billion random things being hashtagged about predictions for the show. Then all of Friday, the show is trending because everybody's talking about what happened on it. Like, I just love everybody engaging and tuned in to like the same thing at once. And so I've been really enjoying that this week. Yeah, I I have to say that I love that it comes out weekly because I'm always a little behind my friends. Like, I usually don't end up watching it until... You know, some weeks I've had, like, I've waited a couple weeks, and some weeks I've, like, waited a few days. I'll probably, honestly, later tonight or tomorrow watch this episode. But, like, I actually can keep up with people, and I can actually keep up, I can, like, slightly trail behind the monoculture and just be like, hey, guys, I can actually talk to people about things that are happening. Uh, no, it's it's been, it's been funny watching Key fall down the MCU rabbit hole, though, like, uh, we'll just be chatting and he'll be like, here's another thing about Captain America and here's what you need to learn. <laughs> no, here's what you need to learn about me, listeners. Harry made me a much more earnest person by accident. Like, I kind of encountered him on SNL and then, like, started engaging with him and feeling kind of like I personally was being cringe. And then, like, through loving him, I have become a more earnest and kind of like open person but I've been like flirting with like am I earnest enough to be a a big like fan of cats in America like this has been a recent debate of mine like like am I there yet I don't know if I'm there yet like like (laughs) I don't know if you discussed that that internal struggle when we had that conversation the other day about Captain America (laughs) listen you guys I am the complete opposite i am an extremely <laughs> earnest person and i love captain america and if anybody wants to send me their captain america thoughts and talk about mcu movies uh feel free to dm me because i will have that conversation with you all day long i mean i love having a conversation with key i'm just i'm just i'm just like a little like bi curious about it you know like i just <sighs> Uh, I'm like. I think you need to accept it into your life. There's plenty of tragedy there. It's not. It's not only pure wholesomeness. (laughs) Like if you want that angst, there's no lack of it. 
I might just need to dive in. Yeah, uh, that's true. So uh, in terms of like non-hairy things I'm looking forward to, I've seen so many movies since I was healing. What was what's been my favorite one that I've watched? Um, honestly, okay, so this is going to sound really dumb. My parents lent me like their login for their cable and like Turner Classic Movies on the Roku has its own app. I don't know if like everybody's familiar with Turner Classic Movies, but it's like this channel that's just like old movies and I just like watch it all the time and I'm so happy. James Garfield is star of the month. I watched him on I think it's Castle on a Hill. It was just like this old prison movie. I watched Cat on a Hot Tin Roof, which is another like if that's like a that's one of the Tennessee Williams repressed gay husband movies. Um, classic genre. Yeah. I've been getting into the Muppets again. That's not on TCM, that's on Disney Plus. Yeah, I just been I just have been like honestly tonight we were waiting to record basically until I felt better. This is the first night that I felt like well enough to record. And so I just um, mostly like what's bringing me joy in these difficult times is like I, I've, you know, reached that milestone in my transition and I'm finally like healing and like I'm healing well from surgery. So it's just been great. Um, and he's, it's, he's been a great little companion. Uh, Happy to do so, it. So yeah. I, I guess that's all I had to say about that. I yeah, love that. Watch Turner Classic Movies. On that on that front, in the TCM kind of vein, a couple weeks ago, it was probably maybe around the time we recorded our One Direction episode, actually, so this is why I haven't talked about it in the pod before, um, I finally watched Casablanca. I Oh my god, that movie's so good. So not only did I see that a few years ago, that was actually on Turner Classic Movies the other day, but I was I fell asleep to it there you <laughs> like go. three in the morning. Yeah, yeah. I figured when you mentioned Turner Classic that that it would be on there. I don't. Yeah, I, I'd been wanting to see it for so long, um, and I just never got around to it. And then finally, um, sat down, watched it. It is so good. There's nothing here it's that so I could good. possibly say that would be new or in any way contribute to the discourse. There's decades upon decades of people saying that this movie is really good but it is indeed extremely good and if you have not seen it which i mean i feel so dumb saying this because literally it's casablanca it's like one of the most famous movies of all time but it's great yeah you should see it sometimes movies that are popular are popular for a good reason yeah and this one that's definitely the case yeah it's great Uh, i would agree with that all right i think that about wraps it up for us you want to take us out of here Keith? yeah sure uh, so you can contact us at WeBlameHarryStyles at gmail.com. On Twitter and Tumblr, we can be found at HarryStylesPod. Um, let us know what you think of the show. Uh, and a great way to do that is to rate and review our podcast. So we'd so appreciate it if you just took a second, gave us a rating, if you'd enjoy it. Uh, that helps us so much. Um, so yeah, so appreciate it if you took a second and you did that. Subscribe to us on your preferred podcast host to become notified of our next episode. Thank you for listening. We love you and talk to you next time. Right. Bye-bye. Bye, everyone. Come on.